disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. All right, guys, fun episode today. My friend Aaron Reed is a Navy SEAL. Dude is a genuine American badass. So we start out, we talk about Navy SEAL training. We talk about farming because he's got a big old farm in Shelby County. And then he has a very special announcement that I think you're going to want to hear. But at the beginning of the conversation, we're talking about my dad. I don't know why. We just started talking about dads. Well, we were talking about his dad who was a state trooper and a Marine. And then we started talking about our dads. And I was talking about my dad, who's awesome. So it was fun. And uh, then we get into the very special announcement. So you're going to want to hear this. Trust me. All right. But first, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops makes all of this possible because they support this podcast. And it allows me to be able to bring this labor of love to you. Now, this is not just a situation where I have a relationship with a company because they support the podcast. That's not the deal. Whether or not they supported the podcast, if you called me and said, Leland, I need to get my kitchen redone, and I don't know who to talk to, I would be like, you need to call Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They're the real deal because they did our kitchen in Oldham County, and they did a fantastic job, and then we had them back to do our master bathroom. That's how great they are. So I really want you to check them out. If you are thinking, look, right now, man, there's tons of equity in homes because of just the way the economy is right now. So you could, if you were thinking about like maybe maybe you want to stay put where you're at, everything's done, but the kitchen, the kitchen was the big expensive chunk, whatever. But now you got some equity in the home. You want to take a, a a home equity line of credit or something like that and do this project. Do it right. Trust me, you'll be sorry if you don't. Do it right and talk to Kelly, J- Michelle, or George over at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They're the on staff designers who will help this all come together the way you want it to come together. And if it's a turnkey remodel, bam. They just come in and get it done. Now, if you're a do-it-yourselfer and you already know the layout and everything that you want, the measurements, they got cabinets in stock ready to go. High quality, super, super uh, beautiful and affordable. And I actually, I just clicked on the link right now. It's LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. And I'm scrolling through the styles that they have that are ready to go. Guys, it's ridiculous. Whether you're looking at like traditional, modern, sleek, country, whatever, they got it, Right? So they can get you. They can get your job taken care of. They're at 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville, Kentucky. So you can just stop by the showroom or call 502-930-3304. Or if you want to research them, go check them out. LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. You're gonna find them on Google reviews with like what Amy said, talking about uh, the vision for our, our new kitchen was spot on. The team at LCC showed up when they said they would, and they were awesome. And I highly recommend them. That's what Amy said. Steph said excellent product, fantastic service after the sale. Sass. I love me some sass. Service after the sale. We definitely do business with this company again. So check them out. LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. All right, let's get into our conversation with the great, the powerful, the American badass, the Navy SEAL, the Shelby County farmer, the all-around hero Kentuckian, Aaron Reed. What? Heck yeah, he's going strong. He's uh, he's still working hard down on the uh, reservation, and I think... I'm trying to keep him off of ladders, but I can't. So I'm just going to, at 80 years mm. old, I figure, you know what? If you go up and fall off a ladder, that's you're doing what you love. So, you know, dads, it's the way yeah. they are. So so how are you, yeah. Mr. Aaron Reed? Welcome to the uh, podcast. It's good to have you back on. Doing well. Doing um, well. Yeah. I, I, I know. Now, have you, made a, have you made an announcement publicly 
about what you're up to, or are you going to be doing that right here on the podcast? Well, I have not made an announcement publicly. However, public record with the KREF, I have filed a letter of intent. Well, hold on now. Hold on. If you haven't made a public announcement, let's make people wait. <laughs> yeah. Let's make them right. wait just a minute. Let's wait. Let's make them wait just a few minutes. And uh, and then and then we'll come to it. That, that's what I was getting at. I was like, well, if you haven't made a public announcement, let's do it right here, and then we'll tell everybody yeah. what your letter of intent is. So, um, yeah, a lot of folks know you because you've been on my show many times um, as a retired Navy SEAL. Are you still actively training Navy SEALs? Yes. Okay. I'm still in the still in the reserves. U.S. Okay. Naval Reserve. Yeah. How does that work? Like with with Na- with Navy SEALs? I mean, you guys are like the most badass of the badass. So. When when you guys are on reserve, what is that? I mean, is that do you get called up a lot, or do you get called up for more just training type missions, or what? What happens when Aaron Reed gets the call from Uncle Sam? Well, if we're at war, obviously, uh, which we seem to go in and out of war uh, a lot lately, but um, just depending on what the mission is. Like right now, I'm at SEAL Team 18, and we do a lot of training. We do train with other other nations who are allies to the U.S. government. Um, you know, I just got back from a, a tour in 2019 in, in South Korea, working with the rock seals, yeah. Korean seals there. And, you know, they're actually pretty high speed, you know. Yeah. Um, they have all the good toys. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they, uh, they, they're they very motivated, too. They're good to work with. Besides, and, uh, we okay. find ourselves doing that a lot. I was going to ask you, okay, so you, I, I know you've talked about the South Korean version of the SEALs. You said they're pretty badass. A lot of people talk about Israeli special forces. Who's, besides U.S., because you guys are the, I'm sorry, but there's just no comparison. But besides you guys, even, even in, you can include Russia and China in this if you want to, even those that we don't consider to be our allies. Who has the bad, yeah. the most badass special forces in the world besides us? That's a good question. You know, I, I've worked with a lot of folks all over the world, um, you know, and I've worked with a lot of people who think that they're at the level they're supposed to be. And, uh, you know, it's pretty embarrassing to tell you the truth. I can't really, I probably shouldn't tell you the countries that, that are the bad ones. Um, <laughs> Come you know, on, that'd be the most fun. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we probably are trying to work something out with those folks right, right. now. That'll right. You know, if they find out we're dogging on them. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I'll trace it back to know, this podcast right here too. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. But I tell you, um, as far as being the most capable, I would, you know, from what I've worked with at a at a level, like we could probably take a South Korean SEAL platoon. And throw them in the mix with us, and you know most of them would probably be pretty, uh, pretty good. You know, we we could probably we their tactics and techniques are very similar. Yeah, uh, because we've been working with them for so long, and they've they've adopted a lot of ours. You know, we well, could, that's you know, a like, That kind of goes back yeah. to mo- uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Like South Korea almost has to be ready to go at a moment's notice because of that freaking nut job that that donut eating yeah. nut job just north of them and they're, they're always yeah. having to worry about that guy because if he runs out of donuts you know he's going to start coming after anybody and everybody yeah, yeah. who knows you know yeah. crazy people do crazy stuff so you're gonna be ready yeah do you, how do you stay fit because i know you got a farm you've got a farm in shelby county you you yeah. own you own two gun stores and we're going to tell people what you're about to be up to here in just a little bit but 
Um, yeah. How do you stay fit? Well, I have my wife who's a CrossFit nut, and uh, <laughs> she's always on me. You know, and being in the uh, reserves and kind of later on in the career here, I, I definitely have to stay fit because you never know what's going to happen. So I I do – I am a member at a CrossFit gym. Um, I don't go every single day. You know, I, I wish I could. Uh, I do enjoy, you know – um, the type of training that you do at a CrossFit gym, you know, high intensity circuit training. I do enjoy it actually. Um, I recommend any, it doesn't have to be CrossFit, obviously. I mean, it's, it's been pretty popular over the years. It's kind of funny. I got these folks, friends of mine that back, back home, they're like, man, you should really try CrossFit. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know, CrossFit's cool. <laughs> nah, you know, but, you know, I've been doing CrossFit since like 2002 when it, first came out with uh you know all my buddies i'd see them you know hauling kettlebells and barbells around in their trucks right i'm like what, what are y'all doing you know you can get enough pt on the you know at the team <laughs> I'm like no man we're uh we're, tr- we're doing this new thing called crossfit you know we got all these people together and we're, it's like a business you know yeah. these people want to work out you know so we're like working out with them and uh you know helping them out and i'm like oh. i'll never take off yeah you know here we are. Yeah, you know CrossFit games. You know, and it, it's pretty. Uh, is it busted out is CrossFit good. is for CrossFit maybe the most similar workout style to how SEALs train? It is a very similar style because it's just a high intensity circuit training. You know, right. You're using weights and right. pull ups, push ups, moving your own body weight, and you know you're using Olympic weightlifting, which is in a really nice enhancement that, right. that we uh, we use. So I'd say it's if you if you're really good at that, it's probably going to be something you're you know equal to what we would use doing the teams when you were when you were doing your initial seals training was ever ever a moment where you thought what the hell am i doing like i can't do this like i'm not gonna make it what the hell am i doing well i honestly never thought i would make it to tell you the truth i was um it was like a uh just a super fantasy to me if, you know before i i never met a seal until i was in boot camp right you know, that's actually in the Navy. Never met one. You know, I kind of looked at them like Jedi's and how I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try my hardest. And I never had an inkling of trying to, you know, of doing it and quitting. But I just I figured they'd kick me out. You know, right. I never thought that I knew I'd never quit. I didn't, I couldn't imagine getting to the point where I just would say, oh, I'm done. You know, if I had the energy to say that I quit, I would, you know, I feel like I would be a failure. You know, if I had to, if I could, if I could physically get up and go ring the bell, but I couldn't complete what it was they wanted me to do, you know, it would just feel kind of weird. Yeah. Um, you know, so I always figured they'd just kick me out. I'd fail something. I couldn't run fast enough or swim fast enough. But I somehow, you know, powered through it. And, you know, I never really was a super athlete, you know, super fit athlete, but I was, you know, good enough to pass the the indoc test and right i would say that if you have the physical ability to pass the indoc test that they give you 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 have the physical ability to do it because the human body is a lot stronger than you think and it's really in your in your heart right in your soul that that gets you over the the rest of it right right that makes sense how big yeah a lot of guys a lot of guys get hurt too on the way yeah staying healthy is key yeah you know when i say stay healthy i mean your your bones your muscles are you know, they can only take so much abuse and you have to do everything you can do to maintain the machine. Right. You know, keep it, keep it running. Cause you can't neglect it. You ever, uh, you ever meet David Goggins? 
Yes. That guy's wild. Yes. <laughs> he is probably one of the most intense people I've ever, ever yeah. known. Yeah. yeah. How did you meet him? Uh, he was in training as well about the same time I was. Oh, really? You, yeah. So, so – because I, I love his books, and uh, his appearances on Joe Rogan have always been hilarious to listen to because he is so freaking intense. Um, he is. What, what, I, what, what I think the most impressive thing about him is what he had to overcome to be a SEAL. You know, he was basically a big fat guy with a heart problem. And yeah. he basically said, well, screw that. I'm not going to be that anymore. I'm going to go be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> I'm like, what the? Like it, I mean, yeah. it, it just takes a special kind of person to do what you guys do anyway. Um, yes. And thank God for you guys, because um, as much as I love y'all, I'm not that type of person. I wish I was, but I'm not. You know, uh, my badassery only goes so far, like uh, not very far at all, like maybe uh, half a toe. <laughs> you know? And then and then I'm crying. But I'm glad we got you guys. Um, how big's your farm in Shelby County? It's right at just under 70 acres, like okay. 69 and change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you growing there? Well, right now I'm looking at a uh, field with a bunch of freshly rolled hay bales. Nice. So we're growing hay for sure. On um, just to the right of me, I'm looking at about an acre and a half of strawberries that my wife nice has planted. We're just hit year two, and uh, this year was pretty good. It rained a lot, so when you get a lot of rain in strawberry season, they don't taste as sweet for some reason. Oh, really? It's, yeah, it's like you want you know you got to have the rain obviously, but not an over amount and it kind of hit it pretty hard but they uh they did pretty good she's we've got plastic row um, plastic sheets over top of them and you know she planted man i want to say a little over two thousand plants wow maybe 2500 plants yeah it's it was a lot and you, and, uh, you have a lot a, of work you got animals too you got horses and cows right yep we got four horses in the back that i ride and i'm actually uh here in about another 45 minutes i'll be trimming their feet and uh, putting some shoes on a couple of them when my ferret gets here. Uh, we got about a dozen cattle. Um, we got the bull here right now. My, my brother-in-law's bull came over, so hopefully in a couple, uh, couple months, or, you know, we'll have some calves at the next season. Uh, let's see. We've got about a dozen sheep. Not really sure the rhyme or reason on the sheep. I think the sheep started off as a good intention to have a, couple pets right. for my kids and my wife went crazy and yeah <laughs> um, we've got i don't know at least a dozen sheep um i guess you can eat sheep but i, I don't see the, my family or my wife sending these off to slaughter she might you know they, they tick her off enough and <laughs> you know because we got one one bottle fed ram he's full size now he's about a year and a half two years old uh, his name is francis you know and we're constantly yelling at him and i'm you know i like the, the joke lighten up francis you know because he's he's constantly you know butting somebody you know you'll oh, be you'll be working on something and then smack you know he comes from the back and knocks you off your feet and uh you know my wife when it happens to her he, he she usually gets the shovel after him and he, <laughs> but he has a short-term memory because he, right. he'll do it again the next day and i mean he gets you know, his tongue snapped out of his head, but yeah, yeah. Somehow, that's somehow uh, she hasn't <laughs> sent him to the next to the slaughterhouse, so to speak, yet. Lighten up, Francis. That's so funny. That's you know, awesome. Yeah, his name is Francis. He gets yeah. it all the time. I love know, it. So. That's hilarious. Um, all right, yeah. let's let's tell people. That's, yeah, let's tell people what's going on because uh, I I love this. I love that you're doing it. Um, 
So I'll let you. I'll just let you tell people what you uh, what you're hoping uh, to achieve here in the next uh, year or so. Yeah. Well, here we go. So, you know, in light in light of the the past election that we just had, President Trump, and uh, just the general environment of our country, I feel like a lot of conservatives and a lot of patriots have been asleep at the wheel. You know, we've just kind of we've been. We've been too busy, so to speak, you know, going to work, going to school, being productive members of society and just just hoping and, and expecting, you know, our elected officials to be doing and representing us, you know, doing what they're supposed to do, representing us well in the ways that we would expect it to be. And uh, I would say that's not the case in most in most instances. You know, there's there's a there's a lot of good. A lot of good politicians out there, um, but there's a lot of them that are that are self-serving. And when you get to that point, maybe they had good intentions when they got elected or when they ran, but you know things have changed for a lot of folks. And I feel like, you know, I'd like to hope that my patriotic compass is calibrated in a way that'll keep me going in the same, you know, in the right direction my entire life but i'm i'm throwing my hat in the ring and uh i'm gonna run for state senate here in kentucky district 20 and i've followed my letter of intent which means i can accept money i can i can raise money Uh, no one can really file until november i believe as far as being an actual candidate right so you know i plan on having a big kickoff party in august and uh having everything lined up where i'm going to invite everybody that i know and uh, you're you're welcome to come. By the way, it'll be. I'll give you the exact date here soon. But, Sweet. Uh, I'd hope to have Leland Conway there uh, <laughs> at my kickoff party. But I tell you, I'm not a patron, or I'm not a uh, politician. Right. You know, I I like to say I'm more. I'm a patriot, and uh, I'm a warrior by trade. So I'm not stooped in the uh, the art of politics. You know, my my goal is if I can somehow gain a position in government. Um, you know, if I can insulate Kentucky from the federal government as much as possible, that is my goal. And I see states' rights as the last true firewall from the overreaching federal side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if I can somehow, you know, help insulate my state, that's what I want to do. Um, you know, Proverbs says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And, you know, I, don't, I may not have a million dollar bank account to pass down to my kids and their kids, but if I can somehow preserve freedom and liberty, then that would be a heck of an inheritance to pass down because I don't know if you've looked around lately, but it, it looks like they're trying to chip it away as fast yeah. as possible. And, you know, they don't see it as valuable as they should. Yeah. And uh, when it's gone, it's gone. I don't know how you're going to get it back. You know, yeah. it's it's easy to, you know, it's easy to keep it when you have it. It's hard to get it back right. if you lose it. I think, I don't think a lot of people, I, I, what you're saying kind of resonates with me because I don't believe a lot of people realize, you know, like you said, how hard it is to get it back. But it's, it's not just that. Um, what happened in 1776 can never happen again because of technology. Once government has power over people, 
Yeah. It's it is impossible to force that power back out of their hands in the current technological environment. I mean, look at China. There yep. you know, I when um and and you were there we were at the 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 event in Kentucky the 2021 um conservative leadership conference and oh, yeah. uh, you heard what I had to say and I talked about Tiananmen Square and I was like that could never happen again. <laughs> Because yeah. China now has full use of all technology that we use here in America, but the government owns it there. And the more we give up our freedoms, the more power the government has to use that power against us. It, I don't think people realize. And the problem is we have probably the softest generation in American history where life has been so easy for us for two reasons. One, our grandparents set the stage, and then we've got guys like you who have kept those wars that you talk about off our shores so that people like me grew up in relative complete privilege. You know what I mean? I watched war on TV on CNN. I, I, I didn't have to fight it. I didn't have to get called up. I didn't have to worry about the draft. I, I, got, to, I got to watch the war on CNN while planning my college career. And yeah. you know what I mean? And, and, and then that's, yeah. that, that, that is an entire generation of America where I was fortunate my grandparents are from Shelby County, right there in Wadi, not too far from the Knobs mm -hmm. where you are. And yeah. um, my memaw and my papaw lived through the Great Depression. And they, you know, you, you're going to, this is going to resonate with you, but their, their freezers, and they had three or four of them in the back of the house, their freezers were full of Cool Whip containers that had leftovers in them because they never threw yeah. anything away. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I you do. Know? Absolutely. And my papaw had an RC. Um, RC Cola glass bottle that he kept refilling with big check cola from Winn Dixie because he wouldn't throw that bottle away. But that type <laughs> of thinking is gone now yeah. for the most yeah. part because we've had guys like you that have kept that that struggle and that that hardness of life away from us, and so we don't know what it is we have. Yeah, and I, you know, on that, I think that. I was really blessed in having my dad. My dad is a, he's a retired Kentucky state trooper. He was a Marine before that for four years. And then uh, he joined the army national guard and did over, I want to say over 32 years total wow. Wow. Um, here in Kentucky. And I just remember as a little kid, you know, impressionable, you know, my dad's a state trooper, a former Marine, you know, at the time, you know, he was like my Superman, you know, he was my yeah. hero, you know, yeah. that, that thin, the thin gray line, you know, he wore that gray uniform and badge and gun and, you know, real tall and everyone always respected every, you know, everything that he did. I was, I was proud, super proud of my dad. And he'd always, he'd always tell me, you know, it's, it's not your honor to serve. It's your duty. Mm. Yeah. You know, and it's an honor to serve, but it, it is your duty. You have to everyone in order for, for America to stay, would stay free and for you to have your liberties and for you to be able to pass that down, you have to serve your country. You have to, yeah. there's no, there's no if, and, or, you know, you might get sidetracked, you know, in a company of some kind, but you have to serve. And that, you know, he said there was really no option, you know, and yeah. I never really thought of anything other than joining the military. To tell you the truth, I went to college first, Moorhead, mm -hmm. but you know, I knew I was going to either join the Marine Corps, um, Really, the Marines are what I wanted to join, to tell you the truth. I didn't know what a Navy SEAL was. And I found out about the SEAL teams on my own, kind of, by doing some research. And it was actually a popular mechanics magazine <laughs> that I found one time. And, you know, there was an article in there 
you know, of this commando and he had all this gear. He had motorcycles and, you know, dive gear and parachutes and all these different guns, all the stuff that they use in the special operations community. And I'm like, man, you know, the Marine Corps sounds cool, but that right there, that's <laughs> calling my name, you know? So that, that really, I switched over and really, you know, and made that my primary focus. And, you know, I knew I was going to serve, but God allowed me to serve in style, I'll tell you the truth. Cause right. you know, as a SEAL, I, I was able to do a lot of cool stuff that most people will only read in books. And that, you know, it was a blessing to be able to do that, you know, and, I wish everyone could do it, but as you well know, it's, it's, uh, it's a little it's bit selective. Fast. It's a little, it's bit a little selective. bit selective. That's <laughs> it, right. It has to be, it has to be by its very nature. That's um, right. well, I gotta, I gotta ask you some questions that the listeners are going to want to know the answers to in terms of politics. I know you're not a politician. That's one of the things I love about you. Um, to be yeah. honest with you, uh, I've known you for a long time, but when you texted me and told me you were going to do this, I was like, really cool. But I mean, like it kind of it kind of surprised me a little bit. But I was like, "Cool, you know." I mean, we need more of that. We need more like this. Doing this, we need more people that it's surprising to think that they would jump into politics to jump into politics. But let me ask you a couple questions. Some of these are probably going to seem a little bit obvious, but I think people need to know the answers to them. Let's start with the Second Amendment. Where are you on it? Uh, What's your position? Well. I'm a Navy SEAL who owns two gun stores. I'm a professional. I'm a professional three gun shooter in Three Gun Nation. Now, Three Gun Nation's a little. It's fizzled out a little bit since I was full full time in that. But um, you know, I don't know how far right you can go in the Second Amendment. I mean, I, <laughs> I always tell people you know, I'm to the right of the NRA when it comes to guns. <laughs> I would say that's that's a good explanation of yep. my my stance right of the nra yeah yeah i i am yeah. um, i believe if if the government can have it short of you know missiles and f-16s if the government can have it then i damn sure should be able to have it period in yes, the story that's <laughs> yes, right that's um, right let's talk about taxes uh kentucky i one of the things i've been and I, obviously i live in colorado now but kentucky's always gonna be home i mean you don't you don't when you're born there and it's in your blood you may live somewhere else, but Kentucky's home. So I, I still feel like I have a right to have an opinion on Kentucky politics. And I, I've tried with the last three governors to uh, get the state to eliminate the income tax and institute a broad-based sales tax that would be consumption-based instead of actual income-based. Um, you know, I don't require a politician to necessarily buy into that totally, but the idea of, you know, raising taxes on hardworking Kentuckians when we're already losing so many businesses to you know indiana along the border tennessee and other places where do you come down on that well taxes you know man obviously as a as a conservative minded candidate or you know i i'd love to be able to trim the taxes down Mm -hmm. and make government as small as possible so the requirement for the taxes aren't as big right um you know there's lots of there's lots of new taxes coming and, and you know that once they figure out how to tax you on something, it never really goes away. They might even act like it's going to be a tax just for a little while, Yeah. you know, and then sure enough, it never goes away because they've, the government has figured out or they've grown accustomed to that, that income mm-hmm. and uh, they can't get rid of it. So, you know, any way I can possibly like income tax, you know, that man, that would be awesome to be able to, to uh, get a plan together and, and push some legislation that would help 
alleviate the income tax, take it away and do the consumption that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There's other states like Tennessee that have really figured out how to do that. Yeah. Florida. Florida. Yep. Yep. One Um, of the things I've learned from talking to folks, uh, other, other legislatures is that, you know, look at what works at other states as well. Yeah. It's kind of a, you know, you're not like you're trying something new, like figure out what, what's working for other states. If it worked somewhere else in the United States, it should work for your state too. They did a sneaky thing in Colorado that I, I, I laugh at. Um, and it's called Tabor, which stands for the taxpayer's bill of rights, which is a hmm. very great idea. It was passed under Republicans before Colorado started taking in all the, um, leftover Californians and became California. But, um, it was, it's kind of a last vestige of, of when Colorado was a deep red state. And, it's in in theory it's great and it what it says is you cannot raise taxes on the citizens of Colorado unless they approve of it so if if Colorado's government wants to raise my taxes i have to vote in a referendum statewide that i want my taxes raised right yeah. that sounds awesome but what the uh, republicans forgot to do when they passed tabor was to exclude the ability to assess fees so what colorado has is on paper very low taxes but we get feed out the wazoo because they can pass a fee without having to check with the taxpayers first. So everything has a fee on it. There's like eight fees. Sneaky. Yeah, it's so sneaky. It's like there's there's a small tax on my car registration, but my car registration yeah. costs in, in actuality about twice what it does in Kentucky because there's about 18 fees attached to that small tax for car registration. And what? I'm like, whatever you do, exact. don't let them do that in Frankfurt. Please don't let them do that. It's like I love the Tabor idea. Um, you know, they can't raise taxes without checking with the people first, but, uh, just don't let them do something sneaky like that. If you guys do major tax reform, um, make sure that it, it's, it's tight, yeah. you know, it's tight and it really does benefit the taxpayers. So that's a good after action report. I'm glad yeah. you told me that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep an eye. Words on matter. Guys. Right. They Words do. matter. They do. They absolutely do. Um, let's talk about a couple other issues, um, that I think could come up and, and, and just kind of throw them out there. Um, obviously, I don't think Roe versus Wade is ever going to be overturned in the Supreme Court. But right now, there seems to be a real strong effort afoot across the country with more conservative-leaning states to at least make abortion what the Democrats originally said they wanted it to be, and that was safe and rare. Um, and now, uh, passing laws that make abortion safe and rare is being... Uh, attacked as being anti-woman or whatever. Um, how do you, where do you stand on the right to life issue um, as a, as a state Senator? I doubt, you know, Kentucky is ever going to play a major role in Roe versus Wade being overturned, but that issue in terms of like banning late term abortions, those kinds of things, where do you come down on that? I'm very, very pro-life, mm. um, you know, very pro-life. Uh, you know, I've had, I've had this question asked before, and, you know, man, every opportunity to save, a, you know, save a baby's life, I mean, there's there's so many other options. If it's just, you know, inconvenience, my goodness, mm-hmm. there's so many, there's so many people out there that, that want to adopt. Um, you know, if there was ever a reason to abort, man, I really, it, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to place that reason out there. Right. I mean, if, if my wife was in danger of, of dying and, you know, there was a medical 
reason, like a really strong medical reason. And all the doctors are like, your wife is going to die if she doesn't, you know, do this, that, or the other, you know, then I'd have to cross that road and, you know, pray about it and, and figure out the best course of action. But yeah, man, I, it, every option, every option is extinguished. You know, it'd be really tough to go ahead and have an abortion, but you know, every situation is different, but man, I tell you, I'm, I'm ex- as much pro-life as I could possibly be. I want right. to, I want to make it work. I, I also think that we as, and I know you're a man of faith and, and so am I, that we as Christians have to be, um, very loving in how we approach this issue. And there's been a lot of people that have been very hateful coming from our side of this. And I think that gives more strength to the left on these issues, you know, when we're shouting at people and when we're making judgments about their life and their decisions, um, yeah. you know, I think that also is, is something that plays into the language around this. You know, I've never, as a talk show host, I've never really dove too much into the right to life issue because it's kind of a settled issue from a Supreme Court standpoint, which is why I kind of go back to that. Well, let's do everything we can, like you said, to save every baby's life that we possibly can by making it safe and rare. Um, but it, it, it astounds me that the left even t- attacks, you know, that philosophy, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and I kind of stand with you on, on a lot of what you said there. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that might be kind of rolling around through people's minds. Let me ask you this. And, and I, unfortunately, I've got to run and I know you've got to go get the horses ready. Um, <laughs> but let me ask you this. The district that you're running in, obviously Shelby County, but it's it's a lot more than just Shelby County. So we have listeners all over the state of Kentucky that are hearing your words right now. Where can people vote for you? Well, currently District 20 is Eastern Jefferson County, which includes J-Town, Jefferson Town. And I've got all of Shelby County, my home county. And then there's Henry County just to the north. And to the north of that is Carroll County and Trimble County. Okay. Um, you know, fairly good sized district. And, um, well, basically the yeah, Western portion yeah. of Congressman Thomas Massey's district, basically. That's right. That's right. A hundred percent of my district is inside of the, the fourth district, Thomas Massey's district. Yeah. Um, love that guy, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> He's, he does not, I don't know. And what's funny about, what's funny about him is I don't always agree with him. I really don't. And there, he's done some things and said something. He knows this. I'll tell him to his face. Uh, next time he's on, he's done some things and said some things. I've been like, dude, I do not agree with you on this. But what I, I, I don't require agreement to be friends with people, and I don't require agreement to support a politician 100%. If we line up on about 80, you know what I mean? If it's 80 20, but I know your principles and I know you stand by your principles, then I'm going to stick by a person. And, and it's, I, there's people that do things that I fully agree with that I don't like their principles. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a, it's like, you know, so that's kind of where I come down on him is he's done some things that I haven't agreed with, said some things that I haven't agreed with, but I love the guy because I know that he speaks from the heart and the hip and, yep. Um, yep. and, and he sticks to his guns and he's not afraid of either political party's establishment, which to me is a requirement for any level of support is to, to not be afraid of the political establishment of either party because I'm sick to yeah. death of the establishment of both parties. It, they drive me up the friggin' wall. Yes, sir. Yeah. So. Well, I've, I've spoke with Congressman Thomas Massey uh, a lot in depth um, over the past several weeks and uh, just picking his brain, you know, um, I like how he rolls. There's some things that I might be a little different, but um, he's a very strong liberty and freedom guy. And, right. you know, one thing that, that I, 
well, three things actually. He has a rule of threes when he when he reads a bill and when he and the way he looks at a bill, he asks these three questions. And I'm definitely going to take that to heart. Is uh, one, is it constitutional? Mm. You know, a big one. Two, can we afford it? Um, that's also a big one. And three, is it the proper level of government, be it federal, state, or local? Yeah. And uh, usually those are pretty good questions to ask. And, yeah. You know, I thought that was a pretty uh, easy way to look at something. That pretty much sums it up. I, you know, yeah. I, I had somebody ask me the other day because I, you know, I'm not even a Republican. Um, I'm an independent. They said, what are your politics then if you don't belong to a party? And I said, well, um, basically, don't tread on me and I won't tread on you. But the bottom line is I have a deep abiding distrust of government and I always try to err on the side of liberty. And any politician that feels that same way uh, is is going to be a politician that I'm probably going to I'm probably going to get behind, you know, because it's like. Um, I, I'm done with the, I'm a Republican, so I have to do this, this, and this before I can consider whether I'll do this, this, and that, right? It's, I, you know, you're an American, you're a patriot. You have to do what is right by those three questions. And I love those three questions. And I think if you do that, you know, you're going to be just fine. And I think a lot of Kentuckians are going to, are going to love that message if you stick to it on the campaign trail. So absolutely. Um, absolutely. That's that's what I'm doing it for. Now you can't you can't officially file till November, but you have got the letter of intent, which means you can raise money. So let's let people know how they can donate to you. How can people donate to your campaign? Well, that's uh the easiest way is by sending me a check. <laughs> um <laughs> and I give you it's read for Kentucky Senate. That's read for KY actually read for KY Senate is the name of my campaign. And that's uh, the address is P.O. Box 724, and that's Simpsonville, Kentucky, 40067. Awesome. That's the easiest way. I have a digital Raise the Money account as well that I could probably send to you that you could post if you have a place to post yeah, it. Yeah, we, we, we'll put um, it in the uh, – there's like a little bio that goes along with every episode, and I'll stick it in there so people can go once they hear that you know it's there. They'll go in, and, and they can they can click that link if they so desire. So we'll be happy to put that in that's there. That's right. And, and it's important to note that the, the maximum that you can donate is $2,000 per person. It has to be a personal check. can't be a company check. There's one thing that I've had to send back a lot of company checks to folks who have been helping me out. Ah, yes. With an apology. Like, it has to be a personal check. Right. The max is 2000 per election. So I can collect $2,000 a person for the primary and then 2000 for the uh, the general, which is coming up after May. So yeah. May 17th yeah. is the election. Well, I, the primary. I definitely hope that uh, more people will listen to what you've said and decide themselves to get involved like you're doing. Um, I ran for city commission a long time ago before I ever got into the radio business. And uh, I lost by 50 votes in the primary. I worked my butt off. I would yeah. I would not ever want to run for office again in my life. I'm done. <laughs> but I'm glad I did it because I understand the process now. And I've sort of done my time, if you will, uh, you know, serving on political committees, serving on campaigns for people that I supported, uh, being involved in a campaign myself. Um, I've done that. And, and I want everyone to recognize that whether it's dog catcher or it's president, it's important that we get involved in the political process. So I applaud you doing this and and I wish you all the luck in the world, buddy. Thank you. All right. I appreciate and, uh, we will, uh, we'll get this, uh, episode posted up so people can hear and thank you by the way, for your service. I know I've told you that a million times, but, uh, I, I definitely appreciate it and, um, appreciate what you've done and your friendship as well. 
Yes, sir. Appreciate you. All right, Thank brother. You. Have a good one. All right. All right, Aaron Reed, uh, what a good dude. Um, so we will we'll post that link in there so you can check it out if you would like to. Um, and I, I just want to say that again from my heart. If you heard that and you heard this guy's message and you think, man, I want to get involved, please get involved. It doesn't have to be with his campaign. It can be with your own campaign. But I just I cannot. I, one, one of the things that really resonated with me that Aaron was talking about was how close we are to losing our freedoms and how important it is that we defend those freedoms and we defend those freedoms through the process that our founding father set up for us to do that with. And if we don't take that responsibility, dad. we are in trouble. My dad's calling, so that's what you're hearing there. Um, let me just uh, do this, and then I will call him right back. So listen, thanks for listening to the podcast. I appreciate y'all, everyone, for downloading. And let me tell you about our sponsor. All right, a big thanks to Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They're so freaking awesome. I love these guys. Louisville Cabinets and Countertops did our kitchen in Odom County. And we were so happy that we had them do our master bathroom. Folks, you cannot go wrong with Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. If you're thinking about remodeling your kitchen, I want you to call them at 502-930-3304. Talk to Michelle, Kelly, or George. Those are their on-staff designers waiting to help your dream kitchen be a dream come true. And I'm pretty confident that the job that they did in our kitchen is what made our house sell so quickly. We got to enjoy it for several years. Then when we sold the house, it sold like in like less than a day. Granted, it was a great property. Granted, it was a beautiful house. But that kitchen made everything just come together. And that's really the importance of that room anyway. So LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. If you're a do-it-yourself or a contractor, they have cabinets in stock that are high quality, but they're ready to go and they're affordable. And the styles, just go to their website, LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. Before you go to some big box store, honestly, I swear to you, you're going to like this better. You're going to like the choices you have. Go to LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. Check them out. All right, download us for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and iHeartRadio's app. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Leland Show. At Instagram, uh, it is at the Great Lelando. Uh, so come check us out. And a big thanks to my co-executive producer and Cameron Mills. Supposed to be back on with me sometime soon, but he's kind of lazy. So anyway, keep us uh, rolling through your phones and send us to all your friends. and Give us five-star reviews on all of the platforms. Thanks for your help. I'm Leland Conway, the Disruption Zone. <laughs>